This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 185. And on today's show, we're bringing back the boy, Lucas Olsen, out of the beautiful Minneapolis. The Vikings are hot right now. They're 7-1. and one. We got to talk about Kirk, Kirk O'Chains, the swag, the ice, all of it with him. We're going to do a contenders draft as well. We're at the midpoint of the NFL season, so we're going to do a little snake draft. Skins game we put together should be fun. But before that, we're going to go around the NBA, catch you guys up, talk about some pretenders and contenders. And without further ado, Jackson, let's get right into it. Yeah, Peter. So starting off with pretenders and contenders, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point in the NBA season, you have your clear cut contenders, the Bucks, the Suns, those teams that have been in the conversation for the last few seasons, Celtics, Warriors, even though Warriors are struggling. And then after that, it gets pretty wide open where there's a handful of teams that I think you could really look at them either way of, oh, no chance they couldn't make a playoff run or yeah, I could see it. And where we have to start here is with the number one team in the West, the Utah Jazz. They get it done again tonight. Huge double-digit comeback against the Hawks in the fourth quarter in Atlanta. And they are sitting at the top of the West, 10 wins. And I really don't know what to make of this team because they don't have any star, all-star, clear number one or number two just a bunch of damn good role guys that know how to play winning basketball. So what do you make of this Utah team? And do you see them as a pretender or a contender? I'll start with the the big question. I think they are pretenders in the grand scheme of things. Like you said, they don't have one of those top guys, a top star. They traded Donovan Mitchell, who would have been the only real one. But that said, it's a bunch of hungry guys who were sent there, who heard all offseason about how bad they're going to be. They're the leaders of the women Yammer race. Danny Ainge blew up the whole team. But I've said this before. They don't want to wake up and hear that every day. I think Lori Markinen actually did an interview this past week where he said, you know, we wake up in the morning after a win and see people say that we were supposed to lose. We're tired of it. It's annoying, blah, blah, blah. He's balling out, putting up damn near all-star numbers this season. And I just think they're deep. Like they have a lot of good players. That's what happens when you trade stars. You kind of accumulate good basketball players. They simply don't put out guys that stink and it's turned into success for them early on. Yeah. And they have a lot of guys with a lot to prove. As you mentioned, Lowry Markin, people had written him off, said he's injury prone. He's never going to be what we thought he was when he came into the league six, seven years ago. Colin Sexton, he's been a disappointment, doesn't play winning basketball, coming off an injury. This is a hungry group. A hungry group. And I'm wondering what Danny Ainge is going to do here because he could go one way and say, hey, we're winning too much too fast. Let's get rid of these guys and bring some G leaguers up and make sure we get in that race for Wimby. Or does he say, hey, we have so many assets at this point. Let's go pair a couple of them together and get a decent, decent mid-level star, quote unquote, where maybe we actually could grab the four seed, get a home playoff game and bring in some revenue, have some fun for the franchise while we still have plenty of assets. But They're pretenders. Let's be honest. It's fun. They're (laughs) pretenders. You know, if they do get to the quarter mark, which I think is the real uh, the real mark you need to pay attention to. Sample size is still really small. Most teams have played 10 to 12 games. Once we get there, if they're sitting at 15 and five, something like that, or, you know, more realistically, let's say 12 and six, they 
they really could go out. And if some guys already ticked off, they have a jillion picks that they could send out. And like we said, there's, there's guys that are hungry. I think they could kind of become similar to OKC and they're at a, they're a rehabilitation center. Al Horford, Chris Paul, guys have come through, used Gallo, the organization yeah. to find themselves on a contender. Someone sees what they're doing. Jordan Clarkson, for example, he's almost doubled his assist numbers this year, playing a completely different brand of basketball than we're used to seeing with him. He knows contenders are looking around. Hey, we just need that one spark off the bench. Jordan Clarkson, right there. You can get him with a mid-first-round pick or later. So, yeah, I just think classy organ well good organization not very classy yeah, fans yeah, they're all right yeah, <laughs> i'm, I'm not right. gonna sugarcoat it but you know they're just not gonna stink and be miserable they are too well run danny ainge is a proven winner for the most part uh so i, I think that's the story on them i i do think they can make the plan I think the plan absolutely i think they could even maybe get the five or six depending on how the rest of thing or how the rest of the teams in the west do over the next few months but let's move on to our next team flip it over to the east here the philadelphia 76ers it's been a slow start james harden is now going to be out for probably a month is what it sounds like and beads had a slow start he's picked it up a little bit lately and to be honest the only real bright spot on this team has been tyrese maxi i just don't see it with Embiid. he i'm not going to claim injury but he needs to get into a completely different headspace than the one he's in right now. Thought he'd come out this year with a chip on his shoulder after maybe being snubbed with Jokic getting MVP. So until things change and until they start moving the ball around a little bit more, I'm calling them pretenders. Yeah, I don't even think anything is going to change. I think they're just flat out pretenders. I don't trust Doc Rivers at this point. I think He's lost the team. I don't know if that's going too far to say. I know there's some different pieces, but with how things have gone over the last couple of seasons and their lack of success in the playoffs and the slow start this year, just not passing the vibe check here. And at the end of the day, what's Joel Embiid and James Harden ever proven to us? I mean, what have they ever proven to us? Nothing. Neither of them have done Jack Diddley squat in the playoffs. So they're pretenders. The next team here, Cleveland Cavaliers. They were someone that a lot of people assumed would be in the play-in, probably maybe the five or six seed, and they look like probably the second best team in the East behind Milwaukee. This Donovan Mitchell that we're seeing, I mean, this is the bubble Donovan Mitchell and not the Russell Westbrook-esque just putting up empty numbers, taking plays off on defense Donovan Mitchell we saw in Utah the last two seasons. So the way that he's playing, I'm going to jump right in and say, I think they got to be contenders, right? absolutely contenders in my book we went from one of my least favorite teams to watch to one of my favorites the way this Cavs team is playing they're number one in net rating right now they're the number two team in the eastern conference and everything we could have hoped out of that Mitchell trade is playing out like him and Garland look fantastic together Garland missed six games early on with an eye injury Mitchell Mitchell uh, filled in proudly for him did his thing he's putting up all nba numbers right now we'll see if he can finish the year that strong but yeah two undersized guards similar to portland what they have that portland has never had is mobley, mobley. and jared allen two guys that cover them up perfectly 
well done uh, by Kobe Altman assembling this team. They they just fit really nicely together, and it is playing out perfectly. Yeah, it is, and I would love to see them trade a couple of those wings, like maybe a Coro, someone else, and then a pick, and go get another real player that takes you to that <laughs> next level. Because I think they're one wing away from being a very real championship contender that could make a finals run. They're going to be competitive in the playoffs no matter who they see first round, but if they get one more wing that's at close to an all-NBA level, I would maybe pick them over Milwaukee in a seven-game series. Maybe. Yeah, Lavert's not quite it. Chetty Osman has never gotten there. He's been there. fun. I, I'm gonna. I like my guy Lavert. I think maybe he could be six man still, but we need sure. like a legit wing defender that can also score. Someone who's less of a ball stopper too. <laughs> that's okay. my. That's my main thing with him. I mean, they're they're piecing it together with him, Osman, Dean Wade, and um, who's the other one? Okoro? Oh, Okoro. Okoro and Okoro. It hadn't been great. Bad pick. I I think it's fair to say now. Confirmed. Bad pick. Can't shoot the ball. Pretty much a zero on offense. Really strong guy on defense. So, Uh, yeah, if they could get someone like a Josh Hart. um, Let's think. Who would be available? Jay Crowder, for some reason, isn't playing for the Suns. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a nice ad. I think they need more. Yeah, Yeah, that could work. It could work. He wouldn't be a bad placeholder. I'm thinking if you can get someone like Jeremy Grant, like if if the Portland thing doesn't work out and they decide to make some trades, I don't think they will, given the fact that they just brought Jeremy Grant there. But that's the type of guy I'm thinking that would take him to that next level. That name came to mind for me as well. But I don't I don't really look at Portland as sellers right now. So no. Absolutely not. We'll see. I mean, all it takes is one serious Dame injury, and next thing you know, could be a fire sale. Yeah, but this Cavs team is for real. Their four stars are all 26 and under. They've beat Boston twice. They have four road wins. Like, do not sleep on them. Throw them on the television. As, as great as Mitchell is, Garland is one of he's one of the most enjoyable players to watch, just the way he plays. He's a true point guard, kind of a throwback player, and he can also make it rain from three. Yeah, he's going to be up there in the assist leaders on the year. He's he's doing an incredible job. So fun stuff there. Let's keep it in the East. One last team, the Atlanta Hawks. They've been a little bit better and gotten off to a quicker start than I anticipated with the major moves they made bringing over DeJounte Murray. I was concerned about his fit with Trey Young, and they've been winning for the most part and been pretty darn good but they don't really pass the ball. They're at the bottom of the league in assists and ball movement, and it's very bizarre. It seems like it's either the DeJounte show or the Trey show and nothing in between, and I don't really know what to make of the Hawks. I mean, I watch them one night, and I think maybe contenders, and then nights like tonight where they blow a lead to Utah, I'm thinking no way in hell this team's a contender. (laughs) Blow the lead to Utah, that's, you know... Give some yeah, but they were at Utah home. It was, it was a big lead. I don't know. Yeah, so admittedly, I have not seen a ton of the Hawks this year, but I'm paying attention. I mean, they're 10th overall right now in uh, net rating. Murray and Trey seem to fit really well together. A lot of people were worried about the my turn, your turn sort of offense, but if it turns into winning... That's going to cure everything in the locker room, I would think. So 
I, I don't I doubt those guys even expected to be this good early on. So as long as they're winning games, I, you know, I don't think it's any kind of issue. And how about the young gun, AJ Griffin? You never wanted to come around on him in the draft. Yeah, he's had, he's had a good game or two. I will give credit there. He's had a good game or two. Yeah, with Trey out on Monday, he goes for 24, got it efficiently, and they handed the Bucks their first loss of the season. So keep an eye on this Hawks team. Yeah, I'm going to say they're pretenders, though, on the record. I still don't really trust Trey Young in the playoffs defensively. I think you can hunt him, and I think with how, I don't want to say ISO heavy, but how dribble dominant they are, I guess, if that makes any sense, the lack of ball movement. They don't play like the Warriors, the Spurs, so many of these teams that we've seen have massive success in the playoffs without having that one guy that can just do you in. And I don't think Trey is like Kobe where he can do what he did with the Lakers, just realistically. And so I think they got to figure out a way to get the other guys involved, guys like DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, obviously Capella is going to be getting the ball in the pick and roll, but they got to do a little bit more with the pieces around them, or I think they will be kind of easy to stop in the playoffs. Yeah, they are doing out or doing it without Bogdan Bogdanovich right now. We should mention that. But yeah, when Trey and DeJounte are out there together, they're plus 10. That is really impressive. It's, it's a good sign. I mean, not that Bogdanovich is really a ball mover. I think he's a ball stopper, if anything. <laughs> so I don't know how much that helps what I was saying. But nonetheless, they will be around in the hunt in the East and fun to watch. I just don't really take them serious as a contender yet. Yeah, I don't think they could win a title this year. So I will say pretenders as well, but definitely a team to keep an eye on. All right, last team here, flipping it back over to the West, the Dallas Mavericks. It's been up and down really just been the Luca show and I have a hard time because what he's doing is so special and I think he can beat any team on any given night when he's at his best but like I was kind of saying with DeJounte Murray and with Trey it's just so predictable and everyone knows his spots at this point they know what he's trying to do and not that they can stop him but <laughs> it's, it's at least helping. easier it's easier to contest and you know what's coming you can plan for it a little bit better however He's so freaking good that I think they have to be taken seriously in the West. And I think that they might be one trade away from being very legitimate contenders. And I kind of expect them to make that move. I think it's just that type of season where they're going to push some chips in. They've done some things around the edges and the Brunson thing, letting him go was still weird. But I think the additions of Dinwiddie and Christian Wood have been a net plus overall compared to Brunson I just feel a little bit better about those two versus just Brunson I know Dinwiddie came at the end of last season but you know what I'm saying I still feel like they've moved forward and they could make that one trade that gets them you know that that second punch to Luca do you have any anything in mind not a damn that one would be no i can't figure out what luca wants or would need he doesn't seem like he's willing to accept much help and i don't know if getting a big would be the right move i don't know if it's a wing that can do some playmaking and ball handling because the guy cannot dominate the ball this much it just not for the whole regular season you don't want him to have that much wear and tear on him i'm fine with it in the playoffs if you gotta just go luca scramble mode you know like Kyler just running around everywhere NFL equivalent and just let them will you to victory because that's your best shot. Sure. But I don't like seeing that 82 games all season long, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, he's sort of the new Harden in a sense with yeah uh, with his usage rate. Uh, but I except I don't know, he's clutch. Yeah, I don't know what the move would be. Um, I, it's hard for me to think of what they could put together. I feel like they'd have to give up some key players to get anybody back. And I I just don't see it with Mark Cuban. It's not something he's done traditionally, but some you said earlier is that Luca can do it any night against any star. And that's why I think they are legit contenders. They have to be in that conversation. What they did to the Suns last year was embarrassing for Phoenix. They, you know, they made a really nice splash. I just don't see how you Suns can't whole team had mixed. COVID. I'll die on that hill. They all had COVID. <laughs> but I think we jinxed him a little bit. He had scored 30 plus every single night this year. Only had 24 tonight and they lost to the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I saw that, but it's going to happen. I mean, the guy had one off night so far. He's been almost batting a thousand yeah. aside from that. What if now this wouldn't necessarily be getting a star, but this would be adding quite a bit of depth. And I think taking them over the hump, what if they didn't even really, I mean, it's just salary fill bench guys that they're not hardly playing, you know, like Tim Hardaway, maybe a couple others, and then a shit ton of picks. I guess I shouldn't say shit ton, but a couple firsts and some seconds in there, maybe like a first, a pick swap and a bunch of seconds. And you try to go get marking in and a couple of those jazz guys. Ooh, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> maybe get Mike Conley there. He's a veteran that can Ooh. run the offense with Luca on the bench. Him and Dinwiddie could probably play together. They're both combo guards that are heady enough where they're not going to be hurt on defense. Either one can facilitate, knock down the three. Maybe, I don't know, you whether it's Vanderbilt, whether it's Beasley, just a couple of those guys, a guard Olenic. or two and a big. That that would be <laughs> Dude, fun, man. I you could just it. give Hardaway and a bench guy and get three of them, throw you know, throw Danny Ainge some picks, and it solves all the problems. Utah, Utah gets back in the Wimby race. Dallas gets deeper. You give Lucas some rest. Yeah. Good work. I, I like a Linux game. I just got to put that out there. He can do everything. He literally can. It's just like he's a role player. I picked him up in our fantasy league. Yeah, there you go. Um, an off night, 24, 6, and 6. But one more thing on Luca, like clear MVP front runner for me right now. Number one PER, number one yeah. in scoring at 36 a night. Also putting up 8.4 boards and 8.3 assists. Just Absolute machine, top five player in the NBA, no doubt. Uh, MVP frontrunner, Luka Doncic, they're contenders. All right, let's hit a few other NBA things before we get to our interview with Lucas. One question that I have for you, how bad does it have to get for LA before they consider trading AD this season? I think there's starting to be some murmurs and some people that have thought of this like, hey, that would make sense. It's not going to get any better. You have no assets. Kickstart your rebuild and do something because if you sit here with this core and just let it ride, you're not going to win anything for the next few years. I don't know the answer to that. It, I just don't see them trading Anthony Davis, especially with... Yeah, yeah, he's putting up counting stats right now, but he hasn't looked like his old self. So he what... fades away in second halves too. If you watch the games, he is a non-factor down the stretch. Yeah, what exactly does he get you at this point? That's what I need to know the answer to before I can give you a good answer on this. 
what if he got you DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson and a couple of first round picks? Not saying I, would, I want to do that, but just I would throwing it. it out there. I would do I, that. I think the Suns would consider it as well. I depending on what? depending on the Cam Johnson injury. Maybe Ayton someone else in picks for sure, but if we get 70% of PKD and he can 70. maybe stay healthy. Dude, oh that is peak. He was a top five player in the league. Stay healthy. That's what you're willing to get for Aiton Johnson and picks. Well, Cam Johnson, it all depends on the knee injury, but even 70% of prime AD is better than Aiton. No one can deny that. And he spaces the floor better because he can at least show the three ball. He's still a good lob finisher. He's a better lob finisher than Aiden. Or than I think Aiden. his defense is what would really, you know, be. I hadn't a, even gotten there. That was. Them. Yeah, that's the biggest piece of it all. But Aiton's healthy and available, and AD is frequently not. So that that's where it all kind of falls apart. But um, you don't see them trading him. I don't see it happening during the season, but like if if there's a package like that out there and they can just get the stink off the last year and a half, whatever, off of them, I would do it. I mean... Vooch, Patrick Williams, and one first. No. No, absolutely not. Vooch, Patrick Williams, and two firsts. No. Vooch, Io, and Caruso. No, I don't want Vucevic in this deal. I don't. I okay. I, I've never seen him on a really good team. Well, me either. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there because I know AD would love to get to Chicago. Yeah. Well, maybe when LeBron's time is up, he can go to Chicago. But yeah, I mean, I've seen that package. DeRozan, DeRozan instead of Vooch. DeRozan, Patrick Williams. Can I get Caruso back? Give me. <laughs> give me you DeRozan. can get you can get DeRozan, Caruso, and two firsts. DeRozan. I mean, that would be interesting. I I I don't think you'd accept that. But I like that package. I don't know. I I just I sound I sound crazy because I'm pretty much watching every single Lakers game. But I it's still must watch television team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's must watch, but for all the wrong uh, reasons. And gotta give some respect to Westbrook here. He's accepted the six man role finally. Yeah. I think he realized it was that, or he's out of the league. And he's gonna win six man of the year. And spoiler <laughs> alert, he's not the problem in L.A. Seriously, like he has played great off the bench in limited minutes. He's putting up, you know, 22, six and six limited shots, only taking, you know, one, three. It's what he should have been doing starting four years ago. And it's great. It just sucks. It took this long, but he is not the problem. I'm with you on that. I, here we are defending Russell Westbrook. That's just where who would have thought. Yeah. But do you think they could turn it around a little bit? They won two. Hell games. no. They won back-to-back games. You just... They can't shoot. They don't play hard. They don't play defense. And nobody hits the floor for loose balls. I can't remember what the name of the stat is that counts hustle plays where you're hitting the floor and if there's loose balls on your end, how many you retain. They're last in the league. Hmm. No one, no one does the little things. I mean, Matt Ryan... It took Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan to send Uh-oh. them to OT the other night. Matt, not LeBron James. Matt Ryan... Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Former door dasher Matt Ryan hits a huge three to send the game to OT against the Pelicans. They end up getting the dub. That was amazing. 
Yeah, that, that was, was nuts. That but was not right. Speaking, I was gonna say, speaking of the Pelicans, though, yeah, I have something here for you because unfortunately, I think we might have been a little quick to the trigger on claiming them, ah, you know, okay. tops in the West and all that stuff. And I don't know how much you've gotten to watch them, but I just have a thing for watching Zion and try to do it as much as I can. I saw yeah. a couple quarters tonight before we jumped on, and something's wrong with that offense. It is not the same offense that we saw down the stretch and in the playoffs last year against Phoenix. And it's tough for me to say because I still think Zion is going to be an absolute monster. I think he's going to win MVPs at some point. I am a Zion truther, but that offense is not at its best when it's they're, running through him. And fourth it, in it offense should. right now. Yeah, but when you watch it run through Zion, it doesn't look right. And Brandon Ingram and CJ are not at their best when he's on the court. And when you look at the numbers, too, his plus minus isn't as good as you think. It's not bad. It's only two. And his win shares are the lowest that they've been in his career by far. And his numbers from last season compared to this season are down quite a bit when you look at the advanced metrics. It's nothing like alarming where there's an issue. And a lot of the accounting stats look similar from the past couple seasons. But something with the eye test just doesn't seem right. And it's I think what it is is the team's not built to be Zion-centric. The way it's set up right now, you can have CJ and BI as your one-two out there. And you might be just as good as if you're running through Zion. And it's the weirdest thing because he is the best player and you feel like it should run through him, but they're not at their best when it does. And it's so weird. And I still think there's times where they take him out of the game down the stretch because they think they have a better chance to make a run with him on the bench. And I hope it sorts itself out, but it just doesn't feel right with them. There's so much talent and all the momentum they had last season. It just, it doesn't feel like it's clicking after they had the hot start. I think it's still too early to go that far. When you factor in the number of games Zion has played, yeah, it might look a little bit wonky in the early going here. It is not the same offense as the Phoenix series. Zion literally was not on the floor. I think it's still a bit early to judge them. I know Brandon Ingram missed three games, three or four games with a concussion. That messed things up too. I'm just saying though, Something doesn't feel right. I'm not I'm not panicking yet. I'm not waving the flag saying they got to do something. But as a Zion truther, I'm a little concerned because I think we're a little skid away from them being below 500 and everyone's starting to go, hey, maybe it's Zion. They're better without him. And I really hope that doesn't start happening. <laughs> I think it's way too early for that. Like I said, they're still fourth in offense. I have the numbers in front of me right now. Ingram, McCollum, Zion is their sixth best three-man lineup this year. Um, You would probably think it would be a little bit higher. Number one is Alvarado, McCollum, (laughs) Trey Murphy. Does that Uh, surprise you? Like That's what I'm saying, though, man. Those pieces and some of those bench guys, it's not a Zion offense when they're in there. It just doesn't work. Let's see. Zion is Zion is in one of the top four three man lineups. And I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Still, these aren't huge sample sizes, but I know no, no reason to ones. panic yet. I'm, I'm just bringing it to the table as an observation. That's probably a little bit of an overreaction. Something just seems fishy, though, and I'm getting a little concerned. Like yeah, the Indiana they, game, I was just waiting for them to kick it into gear and get going. And they couldn't get stops. 
They couldn't get stops against Indiana. And I know, you know, Matherin, Halliburton, they're fun. Buddy Heald knocks down shots. But, like, it's Indiana at the end of the day, and we think of the Pelicans as a real team in the West. And they they didn't show that snap into it. All right, we're back. We know we're the better team. Let's finish this off. That was not there. Yeah, they, they look a little stale at times whenever it's just Zion doing his thing. But that Pacers game, dude, they shot the lights out in that one. I think that was just one of those games where everybody got hot. How many times has Miles Turner scored more than 30 points in a game? He go he went for 37. That's fair. It's fair, but I don't know, man. We'll see. I've just watched enough at this point where something feels off. I've I've a lot of Pelicans minutes have been logged this season. Probably the probably as many as the Suns, all right? I'll put it that way. All right, that's that's not the vibe check I was hoping for with the Pelicans. I wanted. To I apologize, Roland. Um, one last NBA note from me. I just want to shout out our boy Shea Gilgis Alexander. Put he's he's playing like an All Star right now. I think he's well on his way to making his first appearance this year, averaging thirty point eight points per game. He's one of seven guys in the league doing that right now, and he's shooting insanely efficiently 53.9 percent from the field 97 percent from the line on just over seven attempts per game he's eight seconds left yes eight seconds left in ot and we're tied with the bucks they just scored though yeah i'm saying man i know a lot of people a lot of you listening aren't tuning into the thunder at all but throw them on from time to time sga is that fun to watch he's so slippery gets into the lane uh just love what he's doing and Poku is playing. Poku's actually playing. Another reason to watch. <laughs> He's playing a lot. Yeah. He's so. had a couple damn good games, man. Yeah. I mean, those is. those rookie autograph cards that I bought of him for like 25 bucks when everyone thought he was a meme. I'm glad I did. I'm going to sit on those for a while and see what happens. 17 and 8 tonight. I believe 17 is a season high for him. Things are, things are turning the corner. I thought he was lost, but. Yeah, man. Poku triple double watch. Hey. That's electric. Yeah, it's coming. All right, we are back with one of our favorite recurring guests, Lucas Olson, live out of Minneapolis right now to talk about Kirk Cousins. Before we do that, though, how was men's league tonight? You put up a triple-double? Felt good, man. Uh, I think I put up a cool 14. Played my ass off on defense. Did my part, man. I'm a role player now. Putting up 14, that's that's a pretty key contribution. If you had to give yourself a player comp to someone in the NBA right now, who would it be? Ooh. Laurie Markinen? Pat Bev? Probably like a Jaden McDaniels. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. That's a little that's bit longer up. than the rest. Can put up some points, plays hard on defense. Def- yeah, defense first. Yeah. Play off the rest of the team. That's kind of a new role for you. I like that. It is. It's a little humbling, man. <laughs> hey, but turn into a dove, right? Absolutely. One by eight. Hey, well, we speaking go. of humbling, before you guys get to rub it in about the KU win this weekend, uh, Timberwolves kind of kind of got humbled tonight against the Suns <laughs> at home. You know, no Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson, no problem. Still a blowout. Yeah, man, we started off, what, like four and nine last year? I'm not worried. We'll figure it out. We'll get All hot right. in the second half after the All-Star <laughs> break. We'll, we'll get Rudy in the fold. We'll get chemistry's going to start flowing. We'll be good. Okay, I'll believe it when regular, I see it. You guys are a regular season nightmare. 
Not too much in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, Rudy Gobert's a regular season nightmare, so good luck, brother. Good luck. I guess, yeah, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. All right, well, yeah, we, we teased it. KU is going bowling. Huge win in Lawrence over Jackson's Cowboys this week. What do you make of the Jayhawks this year, Lucas? Are you a Jason Bean believer? Or oh, man, we're catching need- lightning in a bottle, man. No, I, <laughs> I am not a Bean machine guy, personally. Went down to the TCU game, and he just wasn't making throws. Um, I think he's just one of those guys that will win you a game or two with his legs. But when it comes to a, a good defense, which we didn't see on Saturday, I think it's going to be tough to win games with him. I think Jay, I think Jalen Daniels is the best passer, man. I'm with you wholeheartedly on that. We got Texas Tech this weekend. I think it's a totally winnable game. We're projected to make the Liberty Bowl right now and play Missouri. Which would be sick. I I might have to make another trip to Memphis to go see them whoop up on Mizzou. But win another game against Tech this week. Possibly beat Texas or Kansas State. I mean, what's the ceiling for the team, you think? I think 9-3. and Alamo Bowl? I mean, nine yeah, and three I, would potentially get you guys into the Big Twelve Championship. It's wide open, and who's going to play TCU? It could be almost any team left in play. I mean, it could be K State. Could still be OU, us, Baylor, y'all. It's it's wide open. It really is. I don't know how I feel about it, man. I mean, we're getting psyched about a Liberty Bowl here against Missouri, but <laughs> I mean, I think we should uh, have a little bit higher aspirations. I agree. That's the last time I want to see a field storming. I mean, in my lifetime for the Kansas football program, let's, let's keep winning perennially now that we've gotten back over the hump. Um, Anything else on the Hawks, Jackson, anything on the pokes? I mean, defensive line decimated secondaries, dog water and quarterback is in a wheelchair before the game. So, you know, not a lot of things were going our way leading up to that game. So I'm really not surprised by the result. And I've lost faith in Gundy. I'm out. It's time. Oh, perfect. Because Lucas likes Gundy. Y'all can have him. I am a Gundy guy. He's not the same guy he used to be. I mean, he was the Mad Hatter running up and down the sidelines, drawing up plays, throwing downfield, aggressive as can be. And now he's as conservative as the OAN t-shirt he's wearing in the one photo. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I was hoping you, we could get that in somehow. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of winners, let's talk about the new nightmare. Kirk we, wait, well, let's take one step back here for still yeah. college football. Um, shout out Cody Hope, John Beaver, the Gophers, absolutely throttled Nebraska Huskers in the second <laughs> half after putting up, what, like eight yards of total offense in the first 20 minutes of the game. Uh, backup, quarter comes, backup quarterback comes in, freshman, absolutely takes it to Nebraska. That's who I hope Kansas plays in the bowl, by the way. Oh. Nebraska? Are they going to make it to a bowl no, game? Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Oh. Gotcha. No way. They're toast. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't paid any attention to the Big Ten this year. Is does Minnesota look good? Six and three. Off and on. Had some injuries with some quarterbacks, receivers, running back. Ibrahim. I mean, we could finish nine and three. I'd be happy. Tanner Morgan's out for the year, right? I'm not sure. He should be this new freshman we got as the future of the program. So I hope we. Uh, I hope we can stick with him. Muhammad right Ibrahim is a running back, right? Correct. 17 yeah. straight games with over 100 rushing yards. 
Yeah, that dude is legit. I, I remember watching him in the Ohio State game last year. I think he got hurt in that yeah, one. Yeah, he was going yeah. crazy and then got hurt. This year's Damian Pierce. Oh, okay. Dynasty note taken. <laughs> I should not have said that. <laughs> I was well, saying, uh, he can stay healthy for a full season, I'll believe it. But when he's on the field, he's electric. Yeah, absolutely, man. Tough runner. Fully on the radar now. All right, let's let's keep it in Minnesota. The Vikings, seven and one, on the back of Kirk Cousins' play. Can we say that? I don't know, but the team vibes are immaculate right now. We see Kirk with the ice on the on the team plane coming back from Washington. Where are you at with this team right now? Are they are they a contender? I think yes. I think we're a team of destiny. To be completely honest with you, I think <laughs> oh, oh my. <laughs> I mean, I'm just waiting for the wheels to fall off. I've said that for a while now, but the more we win close games, the better I feel week after week. And I think these next three games that we have on the schedule, I think if we come out on top and two of them, I, I think it's us, man. I really do. This is our year. Okay, so I don't actually know the third game you're talking about here. Thanksgiving. I know. Who's that? New England at home. Oh. The night game. The oh, baby. <laughs> On Thanksgiving at night? No way. He would break the curse. He he could win that game to break the curse. He is winning over America week after week. Yeah, talk about an island spot there. I mean, you might be seeing ghosts with that Belichick defense out there. We'll see, man. I'm feeling good. Okay, I did not know that. Well, cool. You guys play the Bills this weekend. You might be catching another break. Field Yates came out and said it could be the fourth backup quarterback the Vikings have faced this year. I think that's a little overblown. Heineke's better than Wentz. Uh, there's another back. Oh, uh, Dalton and Jameis. Whatever. That's a wash. A little overblown. Aaron Rodgers, is he not a backup? Oh, never mind. He's still a starter, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but you are getting three and a half points right now because we don't know if Josh Allen will be playing this week. How do you think they match up with them? Do you think they have a chance with Josh Allen playing? And how do you feel about them if it's Case Keenum? I do think we have a chance. I think it's a really tough game. If Josh Allen plays, I don't think I think it makes the game significantly more harder. Um, and we probably deserve to be eight, nine point underdogs, but I don't know with this team, man. Anything can happen. We're super well-rounded. We can create some havoc in the backfield. Zadari is coming off the edge with the kneel. I mean, I saw what the Jets did last game. I don't I don't think there's any reason why we couldn't do that. And I mean, we still haven't clicked all together on offense, too. We're still learning that O'Connell offense. Now that Hawkinson's in the fold, we'll see what happens. I, think, I like our chances. I really do. But, I mean, it's a tough game in Buffalo this weekend. It's going to be a good test. Yeah, good point on the pass rush. I think that's one place where the Bills are a bit vulnerable. Facts. And then, yeah, Kevin O'Connell, I was really high on the hire. I thought he would get a lot out of Kirk and with Jefferson's emergence. I thought they would be a well-oiled machine on that side of the ball. I think the real issue is the secondary. You can let me know if you agree. With Gabe Davis and Diggs, I think this could be a game where maybe you hop on the over. We could see a lot of fireworks. With Cam Dantzler on the back end, you really think they can get it done? So Cam Dantzler's out this week. Oh, um, we got another rookie in the fold who played really well um, for the second half of the Washington game, Caleb Evans. 
Um, so we'll see what happens. The one thing I am really afraid about is if Josh Allen doesn't play and Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs go absolutely nuclear on us in a revenge game. Oh. And I absolutely love Keenum. He has a special place in my heart for the Minneapolis Miracle. So I would not mind seeing it. But, man, would I love to beat Keenum and Diggs on Sunday. <laughs> I didn't even think about the little built-in chemistry they already have. Great point there. What do you think about the Hawkinson acquisition? It seemed weird at the time. Trade him in division. Maybe they gave up a good amount of capital. You a fan of it? Absolutely. Irv Smith has never really done anything. He's been injury prone his whole career. Hawkinson is finally getting a chance to shine in a good offense. He's going to be a weapon. I mean, defenses aren't even focused on him. He's going to be open all the time on single coverage. It's going to be fun, man. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he could be an 800, 1,000-yard guy. I agree. If you can stay healthy, I think he's huge for that offense. And I actually disagree, Peter. I don't think Minnesota had to give up hardly anything at all. And they got draft capital coming back with it. So I thought it was a great move. Yeah, but they only gave up a third. Detroit's a high pick. We're going to be. That is true. We're going to be a low pick. So we traded back 15 spots from third to fourth and traded a second for. Well, a low second for a high fourth. Yeah, I didn't think it was that crazy. Like second and third for two fourths and you're getting a really good tight end a top 10 tight end in the league who like you're saying 800 yards at least i think i yeah i like it i mean even that 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 makes it sound better but i just think anything you can do to give kirk all these weapons you do it i mean dalvin and alex madison is a nice pairing the offensive line um they seem to have done a pretty good job this year would you say Absolutely. Two great tackles. Christian Darrison, his second year, is coming on his own. I think he's like the third highest PFF ranked lineman protecting Kirk's blind side. And then Brian O'Neill, I mean, he's making 20 million a year. He's just rock solid. Hardly ever allows a sack. I mean, if, if there's any issues, it's going to be in the middle of the, the offensive line. But I mean, we found a way to protect Kirk this year. We really have. So, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. The offense is finally coming together. We finally have an offensive minded head coach. He's creative. This is it, man. This is our chance. I've been waiting. All right. Well, that that's uh, the game this week. And then I can't wait to see it in person. I'll be up there for the Dallas-Minnesota game. Let's see what Kirk Cousins is made of. Let's see what the Purple Palace is all about. I can't wait for that. Um, but one more note before we get to our contenders draft here. We got to talk about this Jeff Saturday Indianapolis thing. Jackson, where do you want to go with this? I think it's just incredible that Ursay decided out of the blue, I'm just going to call Jeff Jeff Saturday and hire him. Like Jeff Saturday even said, I was shocked when I got the call. Like shocked. That's not something you want to hear. I'm all for it. I think Jeff Saturday is awesome. I like watching him on NFL Live. He was there for the Manning regime and the best days of the franchise. And he's going to have the respect of the locker room and is going to know how to talk to the guys and get people fired up. It sounds like, Frank Reich did none of that and was just a bland kind of boring guy. So I think it's a fun hire. I think it's stupid and weird and bizarre. It's interim and he's never coached before. And it's going to be a 30 year old call and plays, but I'm all for it. I can't wait to watch and see what the hell happens. So I will say, I think Saturday is a leader of men. However, I don't know how that team like is going to react to Frank Reich getting fired like that. There's obviously got to be something going on, but I mean, it is weird. These players got to be thinking, like, what is going on? And we all know Ursa is a bit of a loose cannon himself. (laughs) What's he going to do when he wakes up and realizes he hired Jeff Saturday? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's <laughs> he's a little bit like Jerry, man. Just loves to have full control of that that team. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see, man. I I don't know what's gonna happen. The Colts are out of it already. So, I mean, I, I really probably won't even be paying attention. Oh, I will. I wish that they had done the midseason hard knocks there instead of in Arizona. That would have been electric to see that Saturday come in. Well, they had it last year. Uh, I want to see what his game day fit is. Does he go with the smock like Matt Rule? I could see that. I uh, think he's going to go suit and massive cowboy hat. Okay. Uh, that that would be Jared Allen? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought it was funny. He tweeted on Sunday about how bad the Raiders are. His first game on the job. He's a six-point dog against the Raiders. The Colts season has completely fallen apart. Just a fun story there. Let's get to the main event, though. The contenders draft. What we're going to do here is a snake draft. We're each going to pick five teams and you get a point for every win that your team gets this postseason. We'll come back to this at the end of the year, post Super Bowl, have Lucas back on when the Vikings win it over the Chiefs. Uh, but Lucas, you get first pick. Where are you going? I think there's there's three teams we're probably in lockstep on and then it's pretty wide open after that. Well, I feel All like right. he has to go with Minnesota here. I mean, let's let's put your money where your mouth is, right? <laughs> so here's what I'm doing, and I'll explain it here in a second. I'm going with the Chiefs. Number one, I think they're going to be the number two seed in the AFC. So that means two home games at Arrowhead, and they don't get the first round by. So I think that's two easy wins. They're going to be in the AFC Championship. That's good logic. What was the safest pick? The reason I did I like pick that. the Vikings, just in case we get that first round matchup, and Kirk is playing at Monday because they do have a Monday game. That's my mm. only concern. <laughs> wow, you really thought this out, damn it. I'm you got an edge right now. I like the yeah, pick. I had the Chiefs at one, but I wasn't that elaborate with it. I was just gonna say Patrick Mahomes, fuck it, he's really good. That too. Jackson, I'll let you go second. Oh, I was kind of hoping you would go second. You sure you don't want to go second? Yeah, I'm, well all right, I'll go I'll go second. Give me the Buffalo Bills. All right, cool. Cool. I think Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, two best quarterbacks in the NFL. They have receivers. Um, I like the Naeem Hines pickup for them. They'll get healthy on the back end of that defense as the season goes on. They're finally working in Trey White. They got good play out of the rookie corners, uh, Kyrie Elam and Benford out of Villanova. Give me the Bills. Don't really need to go on any longer than that. They're a machine. Mm, not a Bills believer. All right, so I get to double up here, correct? Yes. Give me Tampa Bay, number one. Wow. Oof. And give me the San Francisco 49ers, number two. Oh, my. NFC unlock. Y'all are fucked. There is a good chance that that is the wild card game in the NFC. And then I'm guaranteed to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What are you going to do if you had two? That's why I wanted you to go second, because I didn't know. Everything in me said do the smart thing and take the Bills, but I really don't believe in them. So I was probably going to go Tampa. I think they're going right. to win their division. Well, their division, which would keep trash. them out of the wild card. Give us your logic for taking them, those two teams, over the Eagles. I'll believe it when I see it from the Eagles. Jalen Hurts doesn't scare me. Tom Brady, how many times have I seen it? We saw a little glimpse of it last week, just a little bit, where they looked like they were done, and holy shit, all of a sudden he's got the ball back with 38 seconds left, and he won the game. 
it's Tom Brady, man. And I think their defense has been so bad, but they're still talented enough where it's bound to get better. The coaching has to improve. Leftwich and that offense have to evolve and do something different. And there's plenty of time left in the season. It's Tom Brady. This is his last year. It's Tom Brady. That's it. And the NFC sucks. You guys have the AFC on lock. Pump the brakes on the All NFC. Right. Okay. Well, Vikings uh... and Eagles don't scare me. I'm on the clock, so I will take the Philadelphia Eagles here with the fifth pick. Um, we've seen it. Only undefeated team in the NFL. They have a real chance to run the gauntlet until they play the Cowboys in Dallas, where they'll catch their first L of the season. But that said, they are awesome in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think that is what wins you games in the playoffs and also the turnover battle. Jalen Hurts quarterback doing, play. Jalen Hurts is doing a damn good job of protecting the ball this year. And I think the AJ Brown acquisition has really opened things up for them. So I'm a believer in this team. Much as I hate to say it, give me the Eagles. Wow. Over the Cowboys. Heard I it here like first. It, Peter. I like it. Well, you know where I'm going next. The Vikings. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Honestly, one of the most well-rounded teams in football. It just, it. I'm getting 2012 Ravens vibes. I mean, it just feels like Ooh. I don't even know, like even 22 Rams. It's, it's a well-rounded team. Just get hot. We got playmakers all over. Um, easy pick for me there. Uh, second, the Ravens. Lamar, man, I think Ooh, this is here he can finally get over the hump. This team is finally getting healthy. Finally getting those edge rushers back. Ronnie yep. Stanley's back. The running backs will be back at the end of the year coming off of two season-ending knee injuries. I'm feeling good. Damn. Best was, defense Lamar's ever had by far, too. I was going to go with them if Jackson took the Eagles. So, love that pick. And I'm back up, huh? Yeah, then it's back to me to double up. Damn. Gotta okay. do it. You got to do it. So, yeah, I really have no choice other than oh, taking yes. the Perfect. Dallas Cowboys. Jackson, I'm throwing you the lob. I know you got two picks, but give me Dallas. The defense is for real. Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in the NFL. That is not even a dispute at this point. And I think people are sleeping on the fact that this offensive line has been good in the absence of Tyron Smith. He'll be back at the end of the year. They're going to pick up Odell. Jerry's going to stop teasing us. They're actually going to go get him. We'll be loaded with, uh, at wide receiver. Dalton Schultz will be healthy off the piece. Hang on. Can we, can we pause? Did you say loaded at wide receiver? Can you define loaded, sir? I would say Odell Beckham, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup is loaded at wide receiver. Well, I, I don't even mention Alper Odell have been anything the last few years. They're injury oh, plagued, but hey, you know, touchdown okay. in the Super Bowl is nothing. Okay, um, all well, that he, said, well, tore his ACL on that play. Get him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> all that said, and I haven't even mentioned Tony Pollard, who's one of the most electric running backs in the NFL. Give me the Cowboys. All right, well. I'm thrilled. I was not going to touch them with a 10 foot pole out of pride and out of the fact that I just don't buy it yet with them. You got to take your team here. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think that they could give a lot of teams in the AFC some problems, and they're just one of those teams that I don't think anyone's going to want to see in the first round. I mean, they've beat Buffalo this year, and there's just something about them, something about Mike McDaniel where they win games. They win. So also probably best offense in the league. 
Next, I'm going to go with the Bengals. They were there last year. I think when you get Jamar back, it's going to be a huge boost to the offense. The line has been better. The defense is still solid. Trey Hendrickson will get healthy. The defense and, or excuse me, the secondary will get healthy and the defense will start to get it together. So I think the Bengals are a team that if they can just stay above 500, get into that wild card game, they're going to go on a tear and peak at the right time. You're going to take the Cardinals next too? Uh, You know, maybe I do. Maybe I do. Oh, man. Okay, so Dolphins 9, Bengals 10. I'm looking it's at the, back to you. I'm looking at the AFC, and it's Titans, Jets, Chargers. I don't like any of those teams to get it done. I'm going to stay in the NFC. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. I'm a Geno believer, Pete Carroll believer. Kenneth Walker is running crazy. I Thanks, think, Peter. There's free money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they can win a playoff game this year. That's, okay. that's the exercise here. I mean, who are you taking? Honestly. There's a handful of teams I would take. I mean, someone's got to win the AFC South, and I think it's the Titans. Got to be. I'm not, I'm not on the clock, though, so I, it's back to Lucas doubling up here. Yeah, I, I absolutely hated that pick, Peter. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Two two good young tackles, two excellent receivers, balanced Come offense. On. Come on. Hey, Gino has shown me everything I need to see. I think we're going to talk about that game later, I think, actually. Just hardly any playoff experience coming from that team, man. I, I hate <laughs> that pick. Um, all right, well, you're on the clock. All right, here we go. Tennessee Titans. I'm doing it. Smart pick. Going to get a home game. They're going to be pissed off after what happened last year. Run the ball. If it's cold out, they might sneak one out. I have a good feeling about it. I mean, they they put up a fight last week in Arrowhead. They're, they're a feisty team. I like the head coach. Yeah, I, I love Rabel. Hard to bet against Derrick Henry in the playoffs. Absolutely. And they've been there, too. So I feel a lot better about that. Not touching either New York team with a 10-foot pole. Um, <laughs> I guess that Wait, leaves me. Was that, was that five, or are you on five now? I can't do math. That was four. Okay. Yep, this is your last pick, so make it count. All right, we're going Chargers. Yeah, that's the right pick there, I think. Got to hope Mac and uh, Bosa can get to the quarterback in a game, I guess, and uh, see what happens. It's a decent chance. It's uh, it's against one of my uh, three division leaders right now, so I guess they'll come out with one of the wins. Yeah, we're a little bit AFC heavy. Shocker. Shocker. I think the Chargers, too, they're another team where if they just get healthy, anything could happen because they're just decimated by injuries on both sides of the ball, which seems to have been a theme over the last three years with them. So I don't know if maybe that's just how it's going to be or if they can actually get healthy. Yeah, J.C. Jackson being out kind of sucks, but uh, we'll see what happens. If Keenan Allen and Mike Williams get back healthy, that's a tough team. That's a tough out. So. For sure, Peter, last pick. My last pick. I'm looking at the NFC. I see teams led by Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota. I think the Rams stink, so I'm not even going to mention them. Cool. Let's let's go with the Cleveland Browns. I had to do it. I mean, I'm looking at the board right now. Do you really believe in Zach Wilson? Hell no. The Patriots, they don't have a quarterback. Give me the Browns. If Brissett can win another game or two while Watson is suspended, 
he could come back and they could run the table. That could be a very dangerous team. So I'll take I'll take Cleveland. Honest question. Do you think King Pervert is going to come back and be in midseason form <laughs> after five games? No, I do not. I, I do, but I think they're going to be so far below 500, it's not even going to matter, and guys are already going to be quitting on the team. I mean, it has been a year and a half, two years since he has stepped on a football field. Yeah, I yeah. think he's going to be really good, unfortunately. Like, really fucking good. <laughs> I have no I'm idea. I'm here for I, it. I, I'm with you, Lucas. I kind of think it will take a little bit, but I look at the quarterbacks remaining here, and it's by far the best. I think that's pretty ridiculous to say when I'm, I'm in on Watson, but Lucas just made the point. It's been a long time and there are guys like Stafford and yes, I made the joke about him being a backup, but Aaron Rodgers, dude, we're halfway through the season and crazier things have happened. You can get hot. And next thing you know, the Rams are sitting at what seven and six and they're looking like a for sure wild card spot in a very shitty NFC. And they have Matt Stafford and Cooper cup and a shit ton of talent on defense. Sean McVay, who's one of the best offensive minds in football and they won the Super Bowl last year. So it's not like they're just a bunch of nobodies that have never been there. Give me the Rams. It's honestly them or the Packers here but give me the Rams they're gonna make the playoffs Uh, I don't know that it was so bad this last week that I I mean the Rams were bad but the Packers and Aaron Rodgers were next level bad last week the three picks the ones in the red zone the one that hit the guy in the helmet it was it was unwatchable unwatchable so what's gonna change for the Rams they're already decimated on the offensive line they can't afford to really I mean, they, the trade deadline passed. They tried to give away what picks they did have left. I don't think Odell's going to go back. So so what's going to happen for them? Allen Robinson will start to finally get it going, possibly. Not going to put all of my stock in that and bank on it, but at the end of the day, you still have Cooper Cup. It's Matt Stafford. If he can, I know, he's in concussion protocol now, but if he can stay healthy, they're going to figure it out and start moving the ball once again. They have too much talent not to. It's not like Allen Robinson's just totally done. I mean, we saw him at least have some solid games back in Chicago, and it's Cooper freaking Cup. <laughs> I think you're forgetting about Van Jefferson just getting healthy now, too. Kind of unlocks a little bit of yeah. the, the deep threat. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. It wasn't great last week, but it should get better. I know he was pissed off that he wasn't getting more snaps. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they still have a ton of talent. Bobby Wagner's there. There's some new pieces. And like you were saying, they're not very healthy. They're not very healthy. What, they're going to get more banged up? Okay, it's already bad. (laughs) At some point, they're going to get healthier, I would think. And at the end of the day, the NFC stinks. The NFC stinks. It's that simple. I don't know, man. I think the Cowboys and Vikings are pretty damn good. <laughs> I, I would love for the, the Rams to be the Vikings first round matchup. I really would. Oh, that would be that would be a fun game. I mean, uh, you guys might end up with the bye, though. Your schedule is not that difficult, although the Eagles schedule is absolute cakewalk. Hey, I mean, we got Dallas at home, the Patriots on Thanksgiving and the two New York teams still left. So you never know. That is a tough stretch, but I don't, I mean, the two New York teams, the Bears, the Lions, uh, you guys could end up in a pretty good spot. I'm feeling good. All right. Is that 15? That's 15. We hit it all. All right. Let's, let's recap it real quick. Lucas, what are your five? Chiefs, Vikings, Ravens, Titans, Chargers. Vikings in the NFC. Then I got half the AFC. Let's go. (laughs) 
Jackson? I have Tampa Bay, Miami, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and then the Rams. Okay, and I have the Bills, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Cleveland Browns. This is going to be fun. We'll be back after the Super Bowl to recap this. Well, friendly wager. I'm either going to destroy y'all or get absolutely murdered. You might win one. <laughs> I could win one or I could win a ton, but it's not going to be in the middle. It's either going to go really good or really bad. <laughs> yeah. You You're either going to be done after week one or you might, uh, you got the winner coming out of the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it home here. Big swing and picks. We got a celeb pick this week with Lucas on here. Let's recap our picks from last week first, though. Jackson, what did you have? Were you on the Bengals again? No, I had the lock of That's the year. Right. I had the over in the Miami-Chicago game, and it hit in the freaking first half. was electric. Justin Fields turned into freaking Tim Tebow in college combined with Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick. It was unreal. And all of a sudden, Fields is looking like a dog, like Fields is the guy. Anyway. Another conversation for another time. I went big on it. I threw five units down, and now I'm up four units on the year. I was minus one before that. So, in a nice little spot. All right. I got a dub as well. I had four units on the Falcons plus three and a half at home against the Chargers. You had to sweat that one out. Had to sweat that one out. Falcons should have won the game outright whenever uh, Eckler fumbled. One of their guys recovers it, fumbles that it on was the same play. That was the weirdest ending to a game. Yeah, disgusting. The Chargers managed to squeak another one out. They, yeah, the Chargers aren't good. <laughs> Anyways. I, I don't know. They win, man. They're decimated by injury, and they're still winning. I'm starting <laughs> to wonder if maybe they are good. We'll see. I, one four units on that one. I am back up to plus 1.6 on the year. Lucas, you're here with us now. You wanna you wanna go first or last? I can go first. I can lead it off. All right. What you got for us? All right, man. So Rams at home against the Cardinals, one and a half points right now. Wow. Cardinals are no good in the trenches, and I just think this is the week that uh, the Rams kind of get back on track. Two tough losses back to back against the Niners and the Bucks. I think. I like that. Is, this team is too good, man. They're not going to lose three in a row. Preach, Lucas. Preach. I kind of like it, but Jackson is the biggest Cardinals guy I know. I feel like he'd be jumping on the money line here. It's a 10-foot pole game. I'm not touching it for either team. They've both been playing so bad, and I think it's kind of a spot for both of them where it's time to figure it out or go home, like a put-up or shut-up game. If the Cardinals lose it, Cliff's probably getting fired, and they're probably out of the playoffs, and it could get really ugly. Good for midseason hard knocks, I will say, but not good for the Cardinals, so I'm staying away here. Oh, forgot to say, Kyler, bad hammy, too. So good luck yeah. getting away from Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's true. He's questionable, but I'm sure he'll play. I mean, it, Kyler without a full 100% hamstring is a, a shell of a quarterback. That's a good point. I mean, that's not the kind of injury you want him dealing uh, with. He's, he's all right with Hopkins. Now, no Hopkins, bad hammy, oof, but at least Hopkins is there. All right. Matching up with Jalen Ramsey. We'll see yeah. about that. I kind of like Ramsey's that pick. Overrated. I like that pick, Lucas. Minus one and a half. How many units? We're going three. All right. He's confident. I'll go next. I, like it. I am hopping on America's game of the week. Two and a half units on the Cowboys Packers under 43. Let me tell you, folks. Aaron Rodgers will not score more than 
14 points in this football game. The Cowboys have turned the leaf on defense. I have watched this man destroy them for a full decade in Dallas, in Lambeau. That's not happening this time around. Micah Parsons is going to go crazy in that three o'clock time slot. Easy under here. I think Dallas wins this game 27 to 10. Mm. I think Green Bay bounces back in this one, and it might surprise some people. And like you've said, Rodgers kind of owns the Cowboys. So well, he has I, nobody. I, about, I know he has nobody, but like Lazard has looked pretty good. If Dobbs can get healthy and get back on the field, and then if you get Christian Watson healthy too, they've been banged up at receiver and couldn't really afford it. I mean, Cobb, they both every left single the one game of them guys. Last week. Watson with saying. the concussion. Sammy Watson Watkins had, can't get no, on the field. Watson had the concussion two weeks ago. He was back last week, but didn't play all the snaps. And Dobbs left the game early in the first quarter with an injury. Should be back. He was questionable to return in that game. And Rashawn I Gary. Have it on. And Bakhtiari, correct? I think Bakhtiari is fine, but Rashawn Gary is out for the year. Rodgers is going to be eating turf the whole game. That That defensive line is too good. Anyways, I, don't know. Chicago I, I just have looked memories good. of Aaron Jones going for three touchdowns in Jerry World, man. How many years ago was that? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Oh, boy. All right. That's how many units? Two and a half on that. Okay. I'm going big home. here. I'm going big. Five units, and I'm going to Germany. So I've seen this line at two and a half. I've seen it at three. The app that I go by has it at two and a half. So that is what I'm taking. I'm going five units on Tom Brady and Tampa Bay in Germany to get it done this weekend against Seattle. And I think the Seahawks Seahawks. are a fluke. I think they're a fluke. (laughs) It's a fun story. They're a well-rounded team. They're riding on the FU Russell Wilson high, but they're going to finish at 500 or worse. And they're not for real. And Tampa Bay is going to throttle them in this game. Tom Brady's losing all his money on Bitcoin. Giselle's left him. He had shitty plastic (laughs) surgery and he is not going to go out sad his last season. He's going to go ballistic this weekend. Mike Evans, two touchdowns. Godwin's going to have one. Kate Otten might even have one too. Book it. There's some interesting matchups that week. Kenneth Walker versus Vita Vey and that defensive yeah. front. We'll see what happens. Mike Evans against those those new corners. We'll see what happens. You got the uber efficient Geno Smith going up against washed off the cliff, Tom. Dude, that last possession for Tampa Bay was all I needed to see. The season was over. It was going to be like press the panic button, freak out. He was going to be getting destroyed in the media. He got it done, and he did the improbable. I'm sure it was like next-gen stats, 97.87% chance the Tampa Bay Bucks were going to lose when Tom Brady got the ball back. Well, he fucking won, and he looked like old Tom Brady, and that's got to be the biggest confidence booster for a team that's going to Germany to play an overrated Seahawks team that everyone's jumping on, saying, look, so good. They should beat Tampa Bay, blah, blah, blah. Tom Brady's going to go in and handle business. So two things here. I like that pick. Seahawks going from Seattle to Germany could not be a longer flight. Ooh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Thank you, sir. Wow. Yeah. Um, Second thing. I forgot what I was even going to say, but I I like the Bucs in this game. Oh, Jackson, are you going to be up at 630 in the morning to watch this game kick off? I will. I wake up for all of them. Awesome. (laughs) All right. This This is a good, good foreign game. I'm excited. I am as well. It's probably the best London, Germany, any of those games that they've done so far. I have thoroughly enjoyed them this year. I've I've been up early on Sundays as well. 
have them on slow morning, get the coffee rolling, get into your day nice and easily. It's it's a nice little hors d'oeuvre before the noon. Set play. your fantasy lineups, do your research. Yeah, it's, hey, it's what got you my need. blood flowing more than that Giants Packers game a few weeks back in London. Yes. That, that was, was unreal. Good. The Vikings Saints game was electric Nature, too. Yeah. Nature's caffeine. Hey, I didn't even get to watch it. Come on, Peter. Oh yeah, that that's true. Nice. They've been fun. They've been fun, but not that's... like marquee matchups by any means. Shout out to Lucas. Ran a marathon. I was sitting in live updates on the game. The no whole time. way. Yeah. Not well, ideal that they happen to play the day of a marathon at eight thirty, but uh, we got it done. Both the Vikings wow. and myself. Hey, congrats. What was uh, the time, if you don't mind me asking? Three thirty-eight impressive man what is that like nine minute mile pace uh i think it was like 8 20 god Jeez. yeah that's nice that's nice well done sick oh sick all right we're all our friend group from high school really middle school me brazzle vance uh david that whole group we're about to run one this year and i'm, I'm oh, dreading dude. it i'm Good dreading luck. it but it's i'm fun. looking we're, forward to it or we are we are we're <laughs> we are going to run one brazzle okay. but like he bought his uh he bought his whatever it is like booked his spot so it's a done deal he sent us the screenshot and i was like well shit now i you really gotta do it yeah i run up here a decent amount but i haven't been running long distance since i was like 10 years old that's when i was running all the 5 10 15 k's and that he was stuff. good at and, it he was pretty yeah, good I'm, at it I'll i'm a shell of uh, a shell of what i used to be so it's time to <laughs> Get back into it and shake off the cobwebs. Good luck, man. It's so worth it. I was on a natural high for a week. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to it. That's awesome, man. There we go. How many units on that game, Jackson? I'm going five. Five. What would uh, Henning call that one, Lucas? Uh, 100K best bet whale dick smash. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we have it. All right. Let's recap real quick. I got two and a half units on the Cowboys Packers under 43. Jackson has five units on the Bucks minus three. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. And Lucas? Three units. On the Rams. Rams. There we go. Minus. One and a half. There you have it, folks. Big swing and picks. Before we go, Lucas, I have to ask you about Grady Dick. Initial thoughts after game one against Omaha. How are you feeling about the Champions Classic? I don't know yet. I, I Duke looked pretty good. But Grady Dick, top five pick. Oh, Unbelievable stroke six, eight has length. He's, he's got it, man. It, it comes easy to him. It really does. Dick uh, has length feel doesn't shy away in the big moments. He's growing before our eyes, man. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be unbearable this year. Unbearable. <laughs> I can't Fran for He's going to be so cringe with some of his. I'm excited for Billis. Uh, oh, Billis yeah. will be good. He'll be sneaky with it. Yes, I wonder if they'll get Dickie V back on the air because he'll be. Billis. It'll just be hard to hide with him. Oh, oh Dick, he's a hyper dandy. Oh, it will just be. It'll be bad. It'll be bad. Yeah, no, Jackson. Did you see the highlight clip yet? I did. He looked pretty good, man. He looked pretty good. He's what, like six, 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 seven? I think he's six eight. So is he a wing, a forward? How would y'all describe him? Small forward. I would just say he's a long wing. Yeah, long wing. Probably a two or three. Most likely a three at the NBA. Like, so would would you say he's just like a further along Christian Brown kind of like? What would you compare him to? I think he's got much more in the bag offensively. Okay, so a little bit more creation than just kind of knock down do- the three. Christian Brown's kind of got a dog in him too. He's, it's just different games. They just happen to both be white. I think. <laughs> yeah, Christian's um, a lot better. Like 
putting it on That's the fair. floor, getting to the basket, I would say. But Grady's confidence and three point shooting is unbelievable. Like you, you need to be in his chest. You can't let him. Get is the he ball. like? Is he a pull up off the dribble guy or more of a catch and shoot threat? He's just smooth all around. I mean, it's catch and shoot off the dribble. I th- I think it all looks good to me. I mean, he runs the floor. He's long. He's he's going to be a good scorer. Very heady. Oh, I mean, we we had him fake uh fake like the flare screen out to the uh to the corner. Instead, he cuts back back door, throws down the alley oop. Like you're gonna have to be on the lookout for him because he can do it all. All right, look out for Dick. You heard it here first. <laughs>